ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. Proudest black men alive, I reckon. That's South Sydney fullback and Aboriginal leader Latrell Mitchell speaking ahead of the NRL's launch of Indigenous Round. We have an enormous weekend celebrating First Nations Australians in both rugby league and Aussie rules. And as timing would have it, the AFL and Rugby Australia followed the NRL's lead and backed the yes vote for the Indigenous voice to Parliament. While one prominent sports franchise called for sport and politics to remain separate, others see it as a chance to take a position on a big issue. So how can sport play a part in this conversation? That in a moment, plus the weekend forecast and sound bites. I'm Patrick Stack. This is ABC Sport Daily. Marley Silver is a proud Gamalroy and Dungari woman. She's also an ABC sports broadcaster. She's one half of Sport and Spice. Marley, thanks for joining us. A tough week for those who would argue sport and politics shouldn't mix, with all three major codes backing the yes vote for the Indigenous voice to Parliament. Just what kind of role do you see sport playing in the conversation? It is so interesting when this discussion comes up because it feels like it's on a bit of a cycle, right? And whenever there's something politically charged that's in the broader Australian context, that this discussion happens. But I think that the fact that Australia proudly sees itself as a sporting nation means that our sporting bodies and our political direction can't be split. And because we see ourselves and kind of our society reflected in in our sport, um, it makes so much sense that they would have to take a stance on this. The AFL, NRL and Rugby Union have come out with statements in support of the voice to parliament and both the AFL and NRL have a representation within their professional um, uh, sporting bodies of upwards of 12% Indigenous players, which is well above population parity. That means our role models, some of the most high-profile and influential Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people, are involved in those sports. And it's it's a really important stance. And I think it also is something that these um, institutions ha- have realised is their duty off the back of the success of the equal marriage vote. And when, you know, the AFL came out in support of that and um, they understand in the same way that corporate Australia can have an influence on on this vote and what happens at the end of the year, so can sport. It's one thing for administrators or codes to take a stand, but what about athletes? Let's cut to the chase. You work with footballers, you know footballers. How engaged are they with the issue? How across it are they, do you think? Yeah, I think that like a lot of Australians, they're still in a very much an education phase. Um, There are some complexities when it comes to what this vote means that are hard to synthesise for, you know, people who are very politically engaged, let alone people who are meant to just be focusing on what they do on the field. What is an important point uh, to reflect on, though, is if you are born Aboriginal or Torres Strait Islander in this country, you're born politicised. Your survival, your existence is inherently political based on the, you know, last even just 100 years of history and how uh, determined political bodies and, and government policies were to wipe us out. The fact that we're here is rebellion, right? And that means that all of our, uh, you, you know, our mere existence, the work that we do, regardless of whether it's in front of a microphone like this or on a sporting field is political. You look at someone like Latrell Mitchell, right, um, who is so proud of his blackness and is such an incredible footballer. And he has been, you know, berated in the media and in years past because of his 
identity and the way he wears it proudly and, um, you know, even the way that people reacted to an advertisement that saw him draped in, in the Aboriginal flag a couple of years back when it was that big promo for rugby league. And I think that, you know, the people who say that the athletes shouldn't be mixing with this political side are, are a bit naive to the fact that they could ever exist without it being a part of who they are and how people receive them. But to answer your question more directly, I think that the players in those couple of bodies that have come out with these statements this week aren't well, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a little bit of anxiety around the questions that they're going to be asked in the coming months and whether they're qualified enough to answer them. And for me personally, some of the uh, rugby league players that I know, um, we've been having discussions, you know, in a very casual set- setting around how they would answer certain questions and how they even feel about the vote itself. Um, so I think that I know for a fact that the NRL is now focusing on doing that education with not only the Indigenous playing group but the whole playing group um, to help everyone make their most informed decision around how they're going to support this vote. I'm also interested in your experiences as an Indigenous woman. I mean, how are you finding the experience of every white person in your world, like, say, me, (laughs) asking for your two cents and perspective on this issue? Yeah, look, that's something that I think I'd prepared myself for, you know, as soon as... Prime Minister Albanese um, announced that this would be a big focus of his when he was elected. I knew what would come is a whole bunch of questions. Again, that's what something I've experienced my whole life because of the very high population of non-Indigenous people that lived in the community I grew up in, in the Sutherland Shire. It's a lot of pressure and um, I, I, there's definitely you know, limitations to the fact that for a lot of people in my life or around me, I'm I'm the voice of Aboriginal Australia to them. And what I would always emphasise um, to non-Indigenous people is that we are not a monoculture. And what my perspective is, is only representative of me. My dad could have a different perspective. My grandmother could have a different perspective. My cousins do. Every single Aboriginal or Torres Strait Islander person you speak to will have a different perspective. And it's about respecting those and listening to them and then making your own informed decision. You know, for, for me personally, it's... I've had to kind of, yeah, go through that process of educating myself on it too, right? Because it is something that we don't have all the details on yet. But I know for a fact um, that this is the most significant discussion and decision that has involved Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people and the power we have over our own future in, you know, in my lifetime, even in my grandmother's lifetime. Um, and for that reason, I think it's incredibly vital that we handle this decision with care and, you know, hopefully see something really positive come out of it. Thanks so much for your perspective and taking the time to talk to us. We really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Let's push straight into our weekend forecast. And in the NRL, everything that happens in this weekend's Rugby League will be viewed through two crucial lenses. First, as we touched on, it's Indigenous round. The other is Origin Selection with respective state squads announced on Sunday. It's for that reason that everyone isn't so much talking about the Panthers' crucial 15-4 win over Brisbane. It's a victory that sees Penrith on top of the ladder as we speak. But instead, everyone has been zeroing in on the Panthers' 5-8, Jerome Luai and his brush with a touch judge. Would he be suspended? Queensland great Jonathan Thurston had this to say during the coverage. Yeah, it doesn't look good from that 
Angle. Thankfully for Luai, he has been slapped with a fine for contrary conduct, so the playmaker might have escaped suspension. Can he escape Nico Hines? The Cronulla number six has utterly lit up the NRL this season and is seen as a serious Blues contender. And he'll play it on the last 27 metres out to Braley. Goes short side left to Nico Hines. Kicks over the top. Mulatalo chasing hits the deck. Drinkwater drops it unbelievably. Dived on by Nico Hines. And it's a try to Cronulla Sutherland as easy as you like. The Shark will get one final audition as his side takes on Newcastle on Saturday. A win would likely see the boys from the Shire edge into third on the table past Brisbane. And as I say, it's a chance for Hines to continue to push that origin case. This is one of the great origin matches. The other fixture we are keeping an eye on is the Dragons Roosters on Friday night. St. George Illawarra sacked coach Anthony Griffin this week. It's interesting to hear senior player Jack DeBellin speak about the team's remorse in letting down their ex-coach. Yeah, I have a lot of sympathy in that sense and, yeah, a, a lot of that is on us players and I have a lot of, of guilt in the sense that I could have done more and probably helped out. So, yeah, it is pretty sad. So will we see that classic sacked coach bounce against a Rooster side that was utterly thumped against the Panthers last week? It's going to be a ripping weekend of action. You can catch every minute live and free on the ABC Listen app. Over in the AFL, Sir Doug Nichols' round is primed and ready, and it has been a big news week. The games that really have our attention are as follows, and you can't go past North Melbourne and the Sydney Swans. With Alistair Clarkson taking a leave of absence as the ongoing Hawthorne racism investigation drags on, eyes will be on North Melbourne to see how the club responds. The Kangaroos obviously have an experienced hand to take over with Brett Ratton filling Clarkson's place in the coach's box. Ratton reaffirmed the Kangaroos' support to the embattled coach on Friday. You know, how brave to come out and you know acknowledge where he was and that he needed some help and needed some time away. It takes courage and we speak a lot around the mental health and yeah, your well-being and having been involved at St Kilda with Danny Frawley and that, we just want to look after our people and um, you know he's the leader of our football club and we need him to get healthy and, and if he takes two weeks, four weeks, the rest of the year, we just want him to be healthy and, and get back to what he loves doing too. The Swans are also desperate for a win, having lost four straight with questions growing about Lance Franklin. Both teams are battling enormous injury lists. This one feels like it could go either way. Dreamtime at the G on Saturday night is one of the truly special events on the AFL calendar. Aside from leading the long walk, Michael Long is also expected to sing an Archie Roach song at halftime. Is there anything he cannot do? This all comes in a week where both Richmond and Essendon committed to supporting the yes vote for an Indigenous voice to Parliament. From a pure footy perspective, we have a resurgent Richmond desperate to keep the momentum going after knocking over the reigning premiers. While the Bombers, they were seen as finals contenders off the back of a hot early season start, but two recent defeats will have them desperate for victory against the Tigers. One to watch. Collingwood sinking Carlton in the final round of 2022 was maybe one of the best games of last season. So Pies and Navy Blues fans are on tenterhooks for the return bout this Sunday afternoon. Their rivalry is utterly fierce, but let's be honest, in recent decades, it's been quite rare that both sides have been relevant at the same time. 
It's certainly the case this Sunday afternoon. It sees first place Pies taking on a desperate ninth place Carlton. This will be a belter. And you can catch that and every game ad-free on the Listen app. Finally, it is time for Soundbites and we are late to the Mother's Day party. But my goodness, you have to absolutely love this fire-up speech from the mother of Magpie, Bo McCreary, last Sunday evening. I don't know what was better, Mrs McCreary's oration or her son's face as she delivered the speech that was so passionate it belonged in a sports movie like any given Sunday. Believe in yourselves. Believe in each other. Chase that ball. Rip it up, they did. Perhaps Mrs McCreary could play motivational speaker and one person who needs some cheering up is Rafa Nadal. The Spanish great announced he is out of the French Open as he continues to struggle with that hip injury that he picked up in Australia. My ambition is to to try to to stop, to give myself uh, an opportunity to to enjoy next year. That's probably going to be my last year. Uh, in a professional tour. Nadal has indicated he will likely retire in 2024 and reading between the lines, it sounds as though he's targeting the Olympics as a possible endpoint, which would make sense given it's being held in Paris, the scene of his many clay court triumphs. If Rafa is thinking about hanging it up, NBA MVP Joel Embiid is looking for help. His Philadelphia 76ers were eliminated from the playoffs this week and he clearly believes that he and James Harden have been doing too much of the heavy lifting. You can't win alone. Um, I can't win alone. I can't. Me and James, we just can't win alone. You know, that's why basketball is played 5 on 5. So, you know, we just need everybody to just, you know, try to keep finding ways to get better and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll be fine. That's tough to hear from Bede's teammates. The bad news for Joel is Harden is reportedly looking at leaving. Did we mention coach Doc Rivers has also been shown the door? It's going to be a long off-season for Philly fans. I'm Patrick Stack. This is ABC Sport Daily, produced by Joel Cassam. Thanks to the Collingwood Football Club, Channel 7 and Channel 9 for the extra audio used in this episode. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.